Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When you visit, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can become a sustaining member. Click the Donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and Wire gear, and activity days with prizes. That's 100wattsandawire.com. Heard it, worked it, logged it. It is time to get the transceiver that is best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur and make the most out of contest season. And LDG. LDG leads the industry in customer service. Every LDG product comes with a two-year parts and labor warranty, and it's fully transferable. If you ever sell or give away your LDG tuner, the remainder of the warranty goes with it. For more information, visit ldgelectronics.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 watts and a wire. Yes, sir. Hello there. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. How you doing? Ah, you know, busy as usual. The weather is still hot here near St. Louis, and uh, I think it's going to break next week. I feel like I've said this before, and it's just like, yeah, nope, 94. How about it? It's been hot. It's been hot, uh, you know. Moreover, the loss of uh, two rock and rollers, and I feel that we're going to have to get used to this. I'm in that Gen X, you know, generation. And, you know, our uh, rock heroes are aging upon us. Now, the two that have just passed a little before my time, but I tell you what, I did like Eddie Money. I like Shaken. I think his videos were a little, you know on the early end of videos, and they were a little trite, you know, a little silly. But Shaken, that song is sexy. And, uh, you know, he's a little, he was a little older, right, in my generation. He was in that mix, though. I was a kid, and Eddie Money was on the radio, for sure, no doubt. And recently, I, I had a crush, a little a distant crush on his daughter, Jesse, I think Jesse Money, and it reminds me a little bit about uh, how Glenn Campbell's daughter and his family went out with him. I don't know who did it first, but watching Jesse and her brothers support Eddie on stage in recent years, and she can sing. She can sing. She did. Uh, she carried uh, Dad. The band sounded tight, and that that was cool. Now, another brother from the Cars. My family had always called him Rick Ocasek. He's from Baltimore and uh, also Polish. So we're going to call him Rick Ocasek. Some have said Rick Ocasek. From Baltimore, Rick Ocasek. Now, I love that uh, Moving in Stereo is such a great song. And I, you know, so much good. Much bigger fan of the Cars then say Eddie Money, but uh, respect to both. And, you know, Rick Ocasek gave me uh, hope as a, um, 
average looking guy who could score a supermodel. Not score. I don't want to say it like that, but ha- I had always thought, you know, coming over, Paulina Poroskova must have just seen Rick Ocasek, and that was America, and let's get married. And I thought, damn, how did he do that? Uh-oh, his magic is right. It had to be about that, you know. But all jokes aside, for real, real, uh, talented artist, a really nice man. Uh, my folks in radio who have spent any time with him all agree. Good guy, good to the fans. And um, we have to look as uh, my generation being that Gen X thing. Now, I'm not big on labels. I'm not, I'm not real big on labels. I think it's best for uh, canned food, as Michael Stipe famously taught me. But look, man, we're looking at, look at the rock and roll landscape right now. They're deeper into their 70s, and uh, these losses, I think I felt Rick Ocasek a little bit more than Eddie Money, although if you were paying attention, you knew that Eddie Money had been sick and in the hospital. But the uh, cars, and then you sit it and you look at your own mortality a little bit. Look at Dylan. Look at the Rolling Stones. Look at Neil Young. You know. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at this down the line a little bit. And uh, some sad and heavy days coming. But the one thing I love about, you know, being a producer and somebody who, you know, is a recordist. I'm interested in recording things, even the, um, you know, the great recordings that came out of the shanties in Mississippi. People who would go as producers and record great blues musicians capturing this stuff. That's why, for me, it's very important, and audio is my favorite. Much love to my brothers and sisters doing video. I've done it, and all this. And in this realm, I think it's great. Many people love video, like to see. But the recording of these things is a, an, you know, an audio document, and it's important. Now, we have that music. She was shaking. I mean, it was a story I could picture, and you could put any any visual to it. Great stories. Well, my triplexer has arrived, and my true VHF, UHF um, learning curve has begun. This week, I've been spending some time with John Amadeo, the executive producer of Last Man Standing. And um, for me, he's my D-star guru. And I've always said, look, I love HF so much, it's really hard for me to even consider taking on a digital mistress. I just love HF. But getting a UHF, VHF, and a radio with D-star, and you know my HT has D-star, I want to exercise the most that I can get out of every radio. I want to learn as much as I can. I'm just really short, deficient on my understanding of VHF, UHF. But the triplexer did come in. It took several weeks to get it, maybe six. So that project with that antenna has kind of been going in waves. And it's okay. I was able to dig a hole. I was able to get a mast. Um, I'm up about 35 feet with the mast. It's a telescoping mast. Bury the cable. 
You know, all that sort of stuff was able to happen in phases. And finally, the triplexer came in and I was hearing things. Different from my normal hearing things in my brain. I was hearing stuff. Yeah, you know, it was things on FM, but people were actually using, you know, we were doing a little sim- simplex. I have not made a context, a contact. But there's some simplex and there's some uh, repeater stuff and I'm able to hear. And I was like, wow, cool. Cool. So that's something I'm working on. I'm trying to understand the radio. I've got a lot of growing into it. So hopefully I'll live a long time and I'll start to understand. But I'm starting to jot down notes about, you know, nets, different nets that are happening. There's a, a Harn net, which is the hospital amateur radio network. I think I may have screwed that acronym up. I like to listen to that because it's local. What uh, the thing about VHF and UHF that I, I and look again, I understand. I don't have a fifty-foot tower with a microwave or a beam on it to work weak signal with UHF VHF. I don't. I admire those who do. I'm not there yet. Not there yet. But I'm starting to take notice of all the potential here. Starting to see the local things. I want to be able to hear what's going on locally in times of trouble and uh, to see how these nets are working. There's all sorts of technical nets. The hospital net is interesting because they're kind of banging around the city, checking the radio, see who can get in and out. And, you know, this is like MCOM stuff. So I'm interested. The triplexer uh, from Comet, the antenna is also from Comet. If you're interested in those sorts of things, Right now, so far, so good. It's too small of a sample for me to go into great detail to talk about how great these things are. But solidly made, and I'm hearing things. I'm, I'm up about 30, 35 feet. I'm hearing stuff, and uh, I will get the courage and the understanding to make a UHF-VHF contact here uh, with a base station radio outside of my HT. All right, I'm going to take a little break here. We've got uh, Patrick's back. He's going to teach us some more with the satellites. Uh, We've got an event coming up with the uh, VOA. I want to tell you about that as well. Let's take a break. We'll come back and do that next. More contacts, less alpha hotels. This is 100 Watts and a Wire. Brothers and sisters of the Hamily, make the most out of contest season with one of these ICOM radios. How about the IC7610? The SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. Dual DigiSelect RF direct sampling system, an independent dual receiver, and let's not forget the IC7300. Changing the way entry-level HF is designed. Visit icomamerica.com amateur to learn more about all ICOM radios. And SNS Engineering, an engineering design firm specializing in hardware and industrial design. From concept to production, we have a range of 19-inch rack mount solutions for Elecraft, ICOM, and Kenwood radios. Also available are tabletop aluminum racks to streamline your installation for desktop use. Custom designs are our specialty. Visit us online at snsengineering.com. 
Hi, it's Don Wilbanks, AE5DW from Amateur Radio Newsline and Ham Nation, and you're listening to Christian Kudnick, K0STH, on 100 Watts and a Wire. Brother Don, AE5DW, we are overdue for an early morning chat, my friend. It's been a while. You can visit with Don at Superfest 2019. That's September 21st and 22nd, celebrating 100 years of park. Maybe they like the uh, acronym. P-A-A-R-C. Is it Park? Park. A lot of great prizes from ICOM and Yesu. Looks like they're going to have a special raffle for a Flex 6400M. So for more information, visit W9UVI.org. Celebrating 100 years of Park. I'm so annoying. Speaking of things going on with uh, drawings, the 100 Watson Wire fallout is October the 11th through the 13th. CQ fallout, any band, any mode, any time. Mark your calendars for this. A lot of great prizes. We have a bit of a um, point scoring system. That's brand new for us. We're in our third year. Oh, and thanks to Amateur Radio Newsline for featuring the story about this year's fallout. Much appreciated. Because we have so many great prizes, chameleons involved, MFJ, Radio Waves, CQ Magazine, Comet, Powerfilm Solar, Alpha Antennas, Bio NO Power. It's a lot of prizes. We're creeping up on a couple thousand dollars in prizes there. We don't have any major radios, but you know what? It's okay. That's okay. We're, we got a lot of portable type stuff here that will be a supplement to or not a supplement uh, for or any of that stuff, but uh, an accompaniment, an accessory to tuners, antennas, SWR analyzers. We've got the uh, antennas with the tripods. We've got batteries and solar power. The point system we added a little bit this week. Very simple. If you work any station that's worth one point, I want you to get to 25 contact points. And here's a way you can do that a little bit faster. Two points if you work a station with a 100-watt ID. Five points if you work a special op. And at this point, it is me, K0STH, Karen Eve Murray from Amateur Radio Newsline. Uh, she is uh, KD2GUT, uh, Ian, Kilo India 9 Whiskey, and Steve, W7UDI. And if you work one of us during that weekend, that's worth five points. Work us one time, that's it. But you can work us and almost get to the amount. We're not going to double dip, though. All those people do have a 100-watt ID. Uh, You'll just take the five points. We're working on the honor system. It is not a contest. But with the great amount of uh, prizes to enter into the random drawing, you should be able to work 25 stations. You can do that. And we're making it easier for you with a one-point, a two-pointer, and a five-pointer. For more information on that, visit 100wattsandawire.com and click the Activities tab. It'll tell you all about it. Patrick here. Uh, Patrick here. No, this is Christian. Patrick is here. He's going to teach us a little bit more about satellites. Patrick? Hi, this is Patrick's daughter, WD9EWK. 
As summer continues, AMSAT's W3ZM activities around the United States and its territories continue. W3ZM is the club call sign of AMSAT, and it has been put on the air from many different U.S. states and territories to help commemorate AMSAT's 50th anniversary. These activities will continue through the AMSAT Symposium in October, which will be held in Arlington, Virginia, and AMSAT is hoping to have W3ZM activated from all 50 states as well as territories like Puerto Rico. If you hear W3ZM on the air on the satellites, please give them a call. AMSAT is confirming all contacts through Logbook of the World. Something which has been picking up steam among satellite operators recently is a weekly AMSAT Twitter meetup net. This net takes place on the Brandmeister DMR network on talk group 98006. Mitch AD0HJ in Minnesota is usually the net control for these weekly gatherings which take place at 9 p.m. Central Time on Wednesdays which is also Thursday 0200 UTC. Lots of operators have been checking in and having good conversation during those nets. It's the middle of summer and for me here in Central Arizona this is a great time to get away from Central Arizona. I take my radio gear and operate from different locations. In late June for field day, I operated in a national forest west of Flagstaff, Arizona, where the temperatures were about 30 degrees cooler than here in the Phoenix area. In late July, I took another road trip, a day trip, out toward the Petrified Forest National Park in eastern Arizona. I parked along old Route 66 and Interstate 40 on the boundary between grids DM54 and DM55 where I spent the day working satellites and handing out contacts with both of those rarely heard grid locators you know, working stations all around North America. More recently I just attended the ARRL's Rocky Mountain Division convention which was held in Ogden, Utah on the campus of Weber State University. Ogden is a north side suburb of Salt Lake City and other than flying through the airport in the past I've never spent much time in and around Salt Lake City. On August 8th I left home and drove by way of Flagstaff and Lake Powell on the Arizona-Utah border to get to Salt Lake City in about 13 hours. On the way up to Salt Lake City I did stop around Lake Powell and work a couple satellite passes from each side of the Arizona-Utah state line, which also happened to be different grid locators, the Arizona side being in grid DM-46 and the Utah side in DM-47. As I was trying to make it to Salt Lake City in a day's drive, I did not operate from other locations in southern Utah, which are also rarely heard on satellites, but I would make up for that in the rest of my trip. During the convention in Ogden, uh, Carlos W7QL gave a great presentation on satellites and satellite operating to a packed presentation room on the Weber State campus. A very good presentation. Carlos has been active on satellites for many years and works virtually all the current satellites. Uh, 
many people who have worked stations in and around Salt Lake City have W7QL in their logs. While in Ogden, I took one evening and drove north on Interstate 15 to the Utah-Idaho state line. I'd never operated from Idaho. I parked on the state line, which was just inside grid DN32, and made contacts with stations all around the U.S. on a couple satellite passes on a Friday evening, August 9th. In addition to that, I operated close to the Weber State campus from a parking lot which straddled the grid boundary between grids DN31 and DN41. And after the convention wrapped up on Saturday evening, the 10th of August, the next morning, I set out on a three-day drive back to Phoenix instead of trying to return in a single day's trip. On the first day, Sunday, August 11th, I stopped in grids DN40, south of Salt Lake City, DM49, even further south, about 100 miles from downtown Salt Lake City, and then proceeded to head west across Utah and spent a few hours operating from grid DM39. After spending a few hours in DM39, I drove toward Ely, Nevada on U.S. Highway 6 and 50 and made a stop at the Utah-Nevada state line for one satellite pass on AO85 to make contacts with stations and hand out uh, contacts with both the states of Utah and Nevada at the same time. Before reaching Ely for the night, I drove south on U.S. Highway 93 and parked on another grid boundary, this time grid DM28 and DM29, where I operated for a couple of hours before going to Ely for the evening. On Monday, the 12th of August, I drove down to central Nevada. In the morning and the early afternoon, I operated from grid DM27, east of the small town of Rachel along the extraterrestrial highway, Nevada Route 375. And then later in the afternoon, I drove west of Rachel and operated from grid DM-17. In between the uh, satellite operating, I did stop in Rachel at the Little Ailey Inn and had lunch. And ironically, my operating in and around Rachel from those two grids, uh, I did not see any law enforcement and was not approached by any police or sheriff or security for all the uh, the military complexes south of that area including the area 51 base when i was done operating from those two grids i drove to las vegas uh, which from where i was in grid dm 17 was about a three hour drive and made it to las vegas in time to work a couple of evening satellite passes from the DM-25 and DM-26 boundary on the south side of the Las Vegas area. A very busy day, putting some very rarely heard grid locators on the air uh, in central Nevada and DM-25, which is also not heard very often. The next day, the final day of my trip, uh, Tuesday the 13th of August, I left Las Vegas, 
and made a lunchtime stop in Kingman, Arizona. Uh, from Kingman, I parked on another, yet another grid boundary for DM25 and DM35, where I worked a couple satellite passes before having lunch and finishing my trip driving back home. Just over 1,900 miles in six days, I had operated from 15 different grid locators, several of them for the first time, and logged to 300 contacts with stations all around the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. I don't know where I'm going next, but it's still summertime here in central Arizona, and I expect I'll go somewhere again before August goes too far into September. If you have any questions of me regarding the information in in these segments, uh, please contact me. Uh, my contact information is on the qrz.com website. I'm also reachable on Twitter. My Twitter handle is my call sign WD9EWK. For 100 watts and a wire, this is Patrick Stoddard, WD9EWK. In a land where we're all 20 over, this is 100 watts and a wire. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. An LDG desktop tuner works automatically with nearly any station up to 1,000 watts. LDG Zero Power Tuners are ideal for portable or mobile use, as they consume almost no current and can be powered by internal batteries that last up to a year. LDG tuners are backed by our two-year fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service, the best in the industry. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Let's turn it back to Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel for your final. A final event to mention to you, the Voice of America Bethany Relay Station, the 75th anniversary special event, September 21st, that's this year, from 1500 UTC to 2200 UTC, that's 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, September 21st. The call sign is Whiskey Charlie 8, Voice of America. Let's give the proper phonetics. Kilo Charlie 8, Victor Oscar Alpha. It is happening with the club Westchester Amateur Radio Association. The bands will be 10 meters through 160 depending on band conditions, uh, mostly single sideband, but some FT8 and possibly CW. There is a certificate, and it will be available 48 to 72 hours after the event, and you can download it from their site, wc8voa.org, and that information coming in from Jocelyn, KD8VRX. He's also VA2VRX. And there you have it, friends. We'll wrap it up uh, for this week. I enjoy our time together. I appreciate your support. Remember now, we're mid-month, so if you are a sustaining member and you signed up in September of 2018, your membership will uh, fade away at the end of the month, so we want to keep you fresh and current. And look, if this rings a bell with anybody else who may have uh, forgotten Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click the Donate tab, and really look over the member of the sustaining member benefit. 
Okay, it's an important one. It's good. People use it all the time. It's essentially the ham radio equivalent of a coupon book. Remember those things? Yeah, you donate $25 to the show. It goes to production. It goes for distribution, all that sort of stuff. It's a win-win right there. Also, the companies that are participating can earn your trust and your business. It's a win-win-win. You get discounts. It's great. You put that extra money in your pocket or you put it toward the other side of the project. Visit 100 Watts and a Wire uh, to learn more. We can do all that. All right, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. To join the 100 Watts and a Wire community, visit 100wattsandawire.com.